Now through August 31st, my friends at Scana Energy will be matching donations to their homework centers. These donations will help students across Atlanta succeed in school. Donate now or learn more at scanaenergy.com slash give. And now it's time for FinCast. Boom shakalaka. Wide receiver and fan favorite Brian Finneran is talking Dirty Bird football. Powered by Scana Energy, the official natural gas partner of the Atlanta Falcons. Looking for Finneran who leaps into the air, a touchdown. FinCast starts now. All right, it's time for another episode of FinCast brought to you by Scana Energy. And uh, alongside the only wide receiver named Brian that I know, I'm Tyler Nelson. Uh, Finn, happy uh, third episode of FinCast. What's up, man? Not much. Uh, doing well. Excited to get this third episode off and running. Get you uh, another Ring of Honor candidate. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite guys I've ever played with. Well, don't in my don't football career. Yeah, it's a tease. We'll it's a tease. Played <laughs> on my team with me here in Atlanta. So we'll get to that a little bit later cool. for sure. Um, and we're like, what, three weeks out from... Our yeah, first Falcons uh, game. We already got one preseason yeah, four, game. I think it's four weeks out. Four is it? Four weeks? The twelfth, yeah. So <clears throat> we had a preseason game the other night, and uh, they got their asses kicked. Um, it but was <laughs> one of the fuggliest uh, <laughs> football games I've watched in a long time. So I actually didn't even watch it just because it's uh, preseason, and and honestly, I, I mean, it just. What do you? I I feel like you get more from practice and and training camp than you do um, a preseason game in I certain mean, senses. Some people do. Guys like me, when I first got in the league, I needed preseason games because that's the most action I got. Right, it's for the players. It's not the players. as much for, oh for, for, as a viewer. For it's fans, just kind of it's just trash for the fans. It's a it's a bad product, and hopefully, you just somebody gives you tickets they can't use because it's the tickets you get to preseason games are included in your ten game right. package for the season, and unfortunately, you pay the same price for those two tickets <laughs> as you would the eight regular eight or nine regular season games now. Uh, it is what it is, and it's been that way for a long, long time. So you just have to, you know, grit your teeth and, and deal with it. But for players like me who are on the fringe right. for a lot of seasons trying to make, make good and, and make a oh, roster. Come on, don't marginalize yourself. You're <laughs> on the fringe. Uh, I was. No, I know what you mean. I know. I know. So, uh, it's very important. So we'll see what's going on. It was a bad football game. Uh, I think it was 23-3, to three, if I'm not mistaken. Young Way Koo mm-hmm. hit his field goal. Uh, the backup quarterbacks played. I don't think... I think one starter played on the f- on the field. I'm just trying to remember who the heck that was. Matt Ryan didn't play. Who, Matt didn't, uh, yeah. Matt and uh, Kyle Ridley, Pitts didn't play, yeah. Pitts. I mean, nobody played. So I don't know what we expected it to look like. But I DVR'd it. I had an, an event last week with Birdies for the Brave in our neighborhood that night and um, watched it on Saturday morning in a hungover kind of state. <laughs> And I wasn't gonna, I didn't feel nauseous like I was going to throw up until I started watching <laughs> that football game. It was that bad. So well, I, I want to circle back to that mm-hmm. um, specifically because of uh, quarterbacks. And, and like I said, we'll circle back to it. But I didn't know you were there until after I was leaving. But we were both at the practice game that they had at, at oh, that's down right. the, that was open to the public. So I was there. Um, and my girlfriend and I went and um, only caught the second half, <laughs> you know, because my girlfriend had. Took too long to get ready, mm-hmm. but um, so you were there for that. You were also we six eighty fan was broadcasting from training camp mm-hmm. for the week leading up to that. So, what are your overall initial impressions of the team with being at training camp and, and that it's, public practice? So, um, a bunch of good looking athletes out there. It's not a, it's not a team 
from watching them for two weeks at training camp and then watching them in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium at the open practice, it's not a team that's going to scare you when they get off the bus. They don't, you know, the, the story goes, it looks like looks like Tarzan, play plays like, like Jane. Jane. Yeah, That's not this team. I think they play hard. I think they play feisty and they'll be physical. They're just not a big, like, muscular, giant football team. You used to see the uh, Oakland Raiders get off the bus and you saw a bunch of maniacs come off at you with big muscles. Pittsburgh Steelers kind of the same way. Baltimore Ravens get off the bus and you see guys like Terrell Suggs and Ray Lewis. Right, and you're just like, right. all right, these guys mean business. So the Falcons aren't going to scare you get off the bus. They're going to have to scheme you. Uh, so watching practice out there, you just see different things that Dean Pease, the new defense coordinator, is going to do right. with different guys. In and I am roles. excited to see that. Him yeah. coming out of retirement, I am really excited to see what a Dean Pease defense does. So, yeah. He's had success with the 3-4 in different looks and different exotic blitzes in, in New England, in Baltimore, and right. Tennessee for that matter. So he's going to have to scheme some guys because you you got some – some young guys on that defensive team, and you got some veterans too. So you can mix them in and see what happens, and and hopefully they can make it work. And then offensively, um, I think Matt looks good. He's throwing the ball well. Calvin really looks great, running great routes. Kyle Pitts has made some sports right. center type catches uh, yep. during training camp. So if you can get the run game going like I think they can, the offensive line and the left guard spot can get solidified, you got a chance to do something. I, I, I mean, and then you just got to play football. I think the first – Six weeks of the season are huge. The one good team you play is Tampa Bay in week two or three. Yeah. And then after that, it's the Jets and the Giants and Miami Dolphins. And yeah, There's uh, an opportunity for a slow build. No question. Yeah. No yeah. question. You need to go about five and one or four and two in the first six games. Yeah, I will say my, my initial reaction, again, you saw more practice mm-hmm. than I did. But just, just being at the practice that day, and it, it they did look a little bit more – Cohesive, I guess, than I was probably okay. expecting. Which, again, in my not as analytical <laughs> mind as yours, but it, they looked a little bit better than I thought. Yeah. And running backs look good, and and I think I texted you this, but AJ McCarron looked good. I think Felipe Franks was interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. So segueing again back to the initial part, I saw and I didn't read the article, but I saw a headline today that said, "Should Felipe Franks be the number two behind AJ McCarron instead instead of AJ McCarron?" Excuse right. me. What do you think there? I mean, uh, obviously they've gotten a lot of field time instead of Matt, um, mm-hmm. just between those two. So what what are your thoughts there? I thought AJ looked solid when I watched him in training camp for a couple of weeks, but he got to that game on Friday night against Tennessee, and it just it didn't did not compute, and uh, he it looked like hot garbage out there on the football field, and, and it's not his fault. He's playing with backup to the backup wide receivers and tight ends. He's playing with an offensive line that's just makeshift and put together. Right. He had guys running at him all day. So it's very hard to judge or critique what he did. I get, you got to see more. Felipe Franks flashed a little bit only because – I mean, he went two for nine. But he ran. He had a 52-yard scramble. Right, he's more mobile. He's much more mobile. But I, I don't necessarily – in the NFL um, – Is that still a thing? You know, it's become more of a thing um, lately – we think about Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson when he's on the football field. Those guys can all move and shake and, and throw the football. So you got to have both. It's very difficult to figure out who's going to be the backup. They both have an opportunity to do it. It depends who wants to take the, the bull by the horns and and, um, and show somebody that you can do it. Yeah, so I guess that it just the, the mobile quarterback, you can't base your offense around that like we thought. I remember RG3 yeah. came out of what was it, Baylor. This guy's going to revolutionize the quarterback position in the NFL. And then Sean Witherspoon's butt. <laughs> Concusses him yeah. and is never the same, and that 
you know, slowly goes the way of the Buffalo, yeah. I guess, on, yeah. on with the mobile quarterback. So you, you got you to be smart. Aaron Rodgers is mobile, uh, right. but doesn't take a lot of hits. Russell, Russell Wilson does great at that. Yeah. Josh Allen will learn. will learn that mm-hmm. as he keeps going because he's super mobile as well. We'll see. It's it's we can talk about it. Two are blue in the face. If you have to go to a backup quarterback in the NFL, ninety five percent of the time. You're screwed. You're anyway. dead. You're dead in the <laughs> yeah, water. Yeah, you're screwed anyway. So, and we've been blessed, of course, with Matt being mm-hmm. a old Ironside and and not having to miss much. Real, I mean, in years, years he hasn't Amazing. missed anything. But Amazing. Segwaying, uh, there's some news that just came out that the Falcons are the first team in the NFL to be a hundred percent vaccinated. And uh, regardless of where you... Gold he's, jacket, green yeah. jacket, who gives a shit? <laughs> the, and that's nice. Yeah. It's, so so it just because it means that there's less chance that our team is going to have to yeah. miss a game or forfeit a game or whatever would happen with that. But I know there's been a lot of discussion of, about teams and kind of skipping over some free agents and stuff because mm-hmm. they're not vaccinated all that. Where, what is your stance on a mandate, uh, a you know, a team mandating you get vaccinated, or the the league, or the play, yeah. or teams not signing it's, someone because they're vaccinated? Give me your stance on this. It's hard to force everybody to do something, although I, I I would, they've done as close as a job as they could to forcing people to get it based off of the restrictions that you have if you're not vaccinated, which is daily testing, mask in the building, can't really eat with your buddies can't work out with the entire team. You have to do it um, social distancing, meeting rooms, you can't be next to somebody. So the fact that they got 100% to me tells you, number one, you, the camaraderie will be will be there. You can talk to and meet with and be around more guys in a close-knit environment, which is what the football locker room is supposed to look like, like and a meeting room. And you don't have to worry about all the silly things that people have to do um, in order to get the test and everything else. So... You can. It takes a lot of stress away. You can focus mainly on football. And me personally, I don't know why people wouldn't get vaccinated if you play in the NFL and they made you go through all those different hoops and um, and, and jump through right. jump through lines and do everything. So I'm glad the Falcons are that. It'll eliminate some nonsense in the long run. Maybe it helps a little bit. Does it help you win games? I don't know. Maybe it helps you stay keep everybody exactly available. A, less less chance that you're going to have players Maybe. missing games or yeah. te- whole team having to shut down or something. You know, and and the way I look at it is, you know, of course, without getting too political about it, but there was the of course the whole Colin Kaepernick kneeling things several years ago. There was a conversation of can a team can the league mandate you stand instead of kneeling? Well, and there, there was a lot of people who said, well, it's like a company. It doesn't matter if it's yeah. your right to kneel or stand. A company, if it's your employer. So there's, a, there's I think, an element of that argument that can be brought into it. It's like you can feel that it's your personal freedom to not or get vaccinated, mm-hmm. but if your employer says you have to, it's just like anything else. And right. and I think that that's probably the most close to legitimate right. is, like, fine, you don't want to get vaccinated, you're yeah. not on the team. So. Um, it's a it's become a tired conversation uh, to yeah. a certain extent. <laughs> and, I, and, and you're obviously going to ep- upset somebody somewhere. If you have a certain strong opinion about it, either hey, way, that's a thousand. You're gonna you're gonna whatever. anger somebody no matter that's what right. you think. I'm vaccinated. I'm all in. I got kids in my house. I didn't want to yeah. mess with. And then um, just came out today as we do the podcast, which will come out in a few days, I'm sure. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are making everybody that has uh-huh. attend a game only people that can go inside the stadium and attend a game as a fan are vaccinated fans. Well, and again, that show goes, your card. That, that kind of goes to the same argument I just made. It's like, yeah. you don't want to get vaccinated? Fine, but this is my building. You can't, right. you can't come to my place. That's right. uh, the same as 
you know, no shoes in the house. I in my house, you take your shoes off, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, which isn't the rule of my house. You can wear your shoes and everything. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, there's, uh, I guess, w- one more uh, thing to, to get to. But let's, in the meantime, do Finn's Ring of Honor. This is the one ring. Finn's Ring of Honor. Okay, so today, who is in Finn's Ring of Honor? Who's going? Wait, wait, can I go on a limb and guess? It's a wide receiver. Yes, it is a wide receiver. <laughs> That's been, I guess, the uh, the M A or whatever they call it. That's the M O M O M A. M O Modus Operandi, sir. For uh, the Ring of Honor, so far, and it so may far. change. Yeah. And when I, once I get through all the receivers that I love playing with, <laughs> I'm a receiver. It's okay. And I love them to death. So one of my favorite rookies of all time and teammates of all time was Michael Jenkins. Michael yes. Jenkins, Jank. he was awesome. He spent, uh, I want to say, seven, nine years in the league, seven in Atlanta. Almost every one of those years with me, they were from 04 to 2010. We played our yeah. entire career together in Atlanta until he um, went off to Minnesota for his he last two years. He started a few years after you and yeah. lasted only a few more a few years longer than yeah, you. That's but, right. But, but your, your, uh, the, the large chunk of that was, in, was with the Falcons. No question. Really good football player. His very first not his very first. Matt Ryan's very first pass was to Michael Jenkins on a skinny post. We call it a bang eight or a skinny post. Jenk ran a great route. He You kind of hit your fourth outside step. You hit it about 12 or 13 yards. You angle towards the middle of the field. And it was cover three, which is exactly what we were looking mm-hmm. for. Matt Ryan put a bullet on it right on his in stride. And Jenk took it for, a, I don't know if it was a 60-something yard, 70-yard touchdown or what. Uh, but Matt Ryan's first pass ever Went to Michael Jenkins for a touchdown, which was pretty cool. So he was a great receiver. He wasn't afraid to block dudes. He wasn't afraid to work. Why was he my favorite rookie of all time? I spent 12 years in the NFL. And once you get to like your third or fourth year, you start thinking about the rookies that are coming behind you and how you want to mentor them and, and how they want to treat you as well. And Jink was this, you <laughs> hate to say it about a football player, but one of the most, one of the sweetest teammates I ever had. Very thoughtful, very kind. Uh, when he put a helmet on, it was a different story. He got after some people on yeah. special teams. Wasn't ap- afraid to have to play special teams. Was never afraid to practice and work hard. Right. We had a lot of guys come in between myself and Michael Jenkins over the t- 9 and 12 years that we were there that had bad attitudes and didn't want to work hard and weren't going to play special teams and this and that. He just did whatever he could do to help the team win, whether that was practicing. He was, he was, a, he was a one or two receiver most, most of his career. And then guess what? When we need guys on scout team, mm-hmm. he and I were the guys that jumped up there and, and did that. And he was never afraid of working hard. So well, I know he's still around, and I haven't had the pleasure of meeting Jank uh, yet. But uh, I, I remember he was always one of the ones. The kind of the way I describe you is might not be a Hall of Famer, but damn yeah. it, a fan favorite. Like sure. just like someone you always think about as shortlist, great Falcon. And mm-hmm. well, as they say about Georgia Bull- great Georgia Bulldogs, mm-hmm. damn good dog, yeah, damn good Falcon, and and I mean good good numbers too. I mean career twenty five touchdowns, he averaged around six hundred ish high five hundred yards a season. Yep, that's really solid. Yeah, and plus you got to remember we played with Michael Vick in an era where right, we where led he the, was running his ass off. We led the league in rushing like two or three years while Jink was here as mm-hmm. well. So you're not going to have big numbers that you can have in other places with different quarterbacks. And that's no hit on Michael Vick. It just is it's what right. we did and what we ran. So Michael Jenkins will be uh, the third member of the Fenner and <laughs> Ring of Honor. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the 
things I remember, the qualities I rem- always remember about Jenkins, he was a really good yard after reception kind of receiver. Is that inaccurate, or am I? Am I is that a false memory? I remember him oh. like kind of having some. Some good yeah, yak uh, yards after contact. Yak. <laughs> um, we were both big receivers, right? And and big and strong. And he was out of Ohio State. You know, they brought they brought yeah. You know, those guys lifted some serious weights up there, and Jink was no different. So sure, we broke some tackles, and it took more than one guy to take us down. And and um, he was when when you're six three, six four, two hundred and fifteen pounds, you better be yeah, that yeah, way. And Jink was that way, it. yeah, for sure. All right, well, the third installment into Finn's Ring of Honor is Michael Jenkins, wide receiver. Not too, surprisingly. <laughs> um, but on the topic of offense, and this is what uh, we can close with, is, you know, we were talking a little bit just now about the Dean P's defense we'll see this year in the in the 3-4. What can we expect? And you don't have to go too in deep, but what yeah. can you expect with the new Arthur Smith offense? I mean, well, the biggest thing, we were, I don't want to say stuck, but... We had Dirk Cutter here the last few years. I think Stuck is perfectly appropriate. It was brutal. Just, and it's, and I I want to say deep down it wasn't it wasn't his own fault, but man, he did not commit to the run game at all. No. And Matt threw the ball 640 times, 620 times. When Matt throws for, I don't know, f- this is attempts. When he goes over 615, 620 attempts in a season, which he's done like four or five times, it, it's it's not a good situation. Right. Like one time we had a winning record when he did that. Oh. Every other time he's thrown for 450 attempts, 500 pass attempts, 550 pass attempts or less, we we go into the postseason or we have a winning record or at minimum we're 8-8 eight and eight or whatever. Is that, a, is that like kind of like a, a bullpen reliever who's been overused by the end of the season, he's just tired, or is it just a, the odds no, thing that just, the more you pass it, the more likely you are to have? It's more about not having a run game and not committing to the run game. Right. Um, and we've struggled in that regard in the last few years. So the biggest change for me with Arthur Smith being the head coach and calling the offensive plays, which he will do from the sideline, is a commitment to the run game. Now you have to have a decent offensive line, which I think they can get going. Caleb McGarry just came back to practice this week right. with a uh, sleeve on his knee. Hopefully he's good. Chris Lindstrom, I think, is a really good right guard. Matt Hennessy, the young center. Yep. Uh, that I think can be good. Started a couple games last year. The left guard is still a question mark. And then left left tackle with Jake Matthews. Mike Davis is the running back, and I'm, there's going to be a commitment there. Matt's going to turn around and hand the ball off a bunch. So if they can get Matt's pass attempts down and the rushing attempts up for Mike Davis, you got a really good shot to put yourself anyway in a position where you can win some ball games and not put so much stress on Matt Ryan throwing the football well, every game. And, and, and real quickly in the O-line, I know it doesn't – it's probably not the old days where the Todd where Tom McClure was at center and everything, but that sounds like a pretty solid O line. Are they going to be able to move guys or just hold them off Matt? Like what? I, do you- I don't know. It's really, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, I because, like because you know there's. So I'm not saying this for your benefit, but I guess you know, listen, there's a difference between pushing a guy to the right or left and just keeping him off your quarterback. So the good news is this is going to be like a zone scheme again, outside zone type of deal uh-huh. where we're not that we don't have to mash and maul guys. Uh, we have enough decent looking athletes. They're all around 300, 310, 315 pounds, I think, where they can move and get their hands on guys. So play action pass and run game will determine how well they'll do in pass protection because it, it, it sets you up. As soon as a team knows that you're going to throw the football, you are in big trouble at the right tackle and left tackle spots because they just pin their ears back and come and after come you. come at you, yeah. And it's very hard to stop those guys when they know for a fact you're going to throw the football, you know, 35, 40 times a game. It's just 
it's no fun for the quarterback, and it sure as hell is no fun for an offensive lineman who has to kick step, kick step, and then take a 290-pound defensive lineman right. in the face. So I think the offense will be better. I think it will be more balanced, and um, hopefully it's the reason that we um, we score 28 points and win a bunch of games. Well, uh, as, as to use that word, as in all elements of life, the key is balance. That's so it. I, I hope you're right. I think you're right, um, and we'll see shortly. So who do we have coming up next for a preseason game? Oh, Miami Dolphins. We'll travel to Miami. Um, well, that's a dumpster fire of a team right now. Today. <laughs> oh, they got some Tua as their quarterback. They exactly. got a good defense. They got some good pieces in the defensive secondary. So well, they'll practice two days, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. They'll practice, I believe, against Miami Dolphins, and I think they play them Saturday night. So it'll be a great test for our guys. Right. Those scrimmages with other teams are very important. I, I'm a big fan of preseason games, but if you can get enough action with your starters against their starters in those scrimmages, it really does go a long way. So we got Miami Saturday evening. Cool. Well, we'll see what happens, and I uh, hope it's less. It can't uh, be any worse than what I freaking <laughs> exactly. saw. Exactly. Hopefully, on it's Friday a little night. bit more of a better product than that. Uh, all right, Finn, let's uh, wish the Dirty Birds luck, and uh, we'll see you next week for the next episode of FinCast. See you all then. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to FinCast, powered by Scana Energy, the official natural gas provider of the Atlanta Falcons. FinCast is hosted by Brian Finneran, co-hosted and produced by Tyler Nelson. Intro and outro music by Atlanta band Gringo Star with their song, I Will Not Follow. Feel free to reach out about the podcast to tyler at 680thefan.com. FinCast is hosted on thepodcastpark.com by 680thefan and can be heard wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next week on FinCast.
The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing, or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands, an easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com. 